Welcome to the Envision Rise podcast show, a podcast that helps foster respect through inclusion, service, and equity. Now here's your host, Stacey Hegarty. Welcome to the Envision Rise podcast. I'm Stacey Hegarty, Vice President of Equity and Inclusion for Envision Rise. Joining us today is Travis Shoemake, NHRA driver, National Hot Rod Association. Right, Travis? That's right. You're learning so much. That acronym is tough. People are like, I don't know what that means. What's drag? No. I can't say that I know much about racing, but I'm really excited to share your story with everybody. So let's jump right in. Tell us about yourself, Travis. Well, I live in New York City. I was born and raised in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and I'm the son of a race car driver. My parents actually met at a racetrack. Uh, my mom was a mechanic selling parts. Uh, my dad was a funny car driver. So a funny car is uh, right now they go 335 miles an hour. At the time, they went about 250 miles an hour. Um, and it's just an extreme sport going straight down a quarter mile, two big parachutes at the end. Um, and they met in the early seventies and, uh, I picked my, drove back to the racetrack a couple months later and picked my mom up and moved to Arizona to start our family's life there. Uh, so kind of grew up around the sport of drag racing. Uh, my dad retired and we started racing competitive go-karts together. Um, as kind of our connection to motorsports. Um, and when I was 15, he passed away in a wrong way driving or uh, collision on the highway. Uh, so I kind of got out of the dreams of drag racing, which I thought was going to be, you know, my, my life and became a competitive cheerleader, uh, and, and got more into the, uh, backflips and dancing and, uh, singing and being in show choir and, and, you know, um, getting more into leadership roles and running in, in student government and, you know, kind of did that throughout high school and college, um, until I got into nonprofit fundraising. So I've been in nonprofit fundraising as my career for, for quite some time. Uh, which is very unique and, and different than my other secret life as a drag racer. <laughs> I love that it's sort of like a superhero secret life. <laughs> so how long have you been back into drag racing? So I'm coming up on about 18 months. So two years of planning, but like a year and a half of me driving fast cars. Okay. You can't just show up and do it. So there's a little bit of behind the scenes work to get, to get licensed and prepared. Okay. So you have created quite a stir, though, since your return to racing and have been featured in a, a couple of national publications. Um, one is Out Magazine. So obviously you are part of the LGBTQ plus community. Let's talk about it. it yeah. how, what's that like being in a sport that uh, would traditionally not necessarily evoke thoughts of welcomeness and inclusion for a member of the LGBTQ plus community? Yeah, it is challenging on a day-by-day -day basis. But coming into this, I knew that was a challenge, and it's why I chose to do this, right? I could always sit on the couch and say, I could have been a race car driver, but my dad died. And I've decided, you know, I want to finish this dream. And as someone who is, I would say, mildly educated on LGBTQ issues, um, I knew that there was an opportunity that I have with with extreme privilege, right, as, as a second generation driver and a, a white man with you know, fundraising skills and access to resources that I felt like I had an opportunity and obligation to, to take on this challenge. And really, it was um, sparked by a conversation with actually the Fox Sports broadcasting team for NHRA. I went out to dinner with a few of my friends and they were talking about how do we balance the reputation of the NHRA? Because in 2020, we had 10 race cars that said racers for Trump. How do we show that it's actually a 60-40 split? 
And I said, well, we could get a couple of race car drivers to put a pride sticker on in pride month. I could work some relationships to make that happen. Or I can just live out my childhood dream and, and take this on and be, you know, the first openly gay NHRA driver. And you could have heard a fork drop in the whole restaurant. <laughs> That's what I, I, and all I needed was that silence of like, yeah, let's do this. I was like, I'm ready. I just needed someone in the sport to say, this is a good idea and you should take this chance to disrupt the way things look on the outside. And so that 60, 40, you know, what the Nelson rating polls say mm -hmm. about drag racing, I really do experience a 60, 40 split, you know, of, of the way people treat me, the way I'm received um, and just the kind of the general feeling at the racetrack. Let's talk about stereotypes a little bit. So uh, you and I met and talked before we did this and I started looking at some of the information about the NHRA and racing in general. So I, there, there are stereotypes that come to mind when I think of race car drivers, uh, when I think of racing fans, but those stereotypes are really inaccurate, at least the one that's in my mind. So 44% of the fans are female, 10% are people of color, 40% of the fan base attend in college. And now here you are starting to change the landscape as well and breaking the stereotypes even further. What's it like being the first out NHRA driver? Well, for the NHRA, you know, those are fan statistics. And I think there's the interesting ones are also the driver statistics. The NHRA has led kind of motorsports in, in diversity for, for decades. And, you know, actually that's in my sponsorship deck. And sometimes I feel like it confuses people. Cause I say, you know, drag racing is known for diversity. And people are like, mm, no, it's definitely not. It's, <laughs> uh, it's a class, fancy conservative sport. Uh, but the racers themselves, we had African-American, Hispanic and female world champions in the seventies and eighties. So 33% of drag racers are female. This is, it's a very, you know, I'm just the last little, I say the last piece of icing on the diversity in drag racing mm -hmm. cake. Um, so being the first openly gay driver, it's important that I say I'm the first openly gay, right? There are drive people in the sport, not necessarily drivers, who are just not actively talking about the topic and that's that's their choice. Um, but, you know, I, I interact with some of these folks and, you know, I've chosen to champion this cause. I've chosen to make this kind of a, a bigger deal and, and it annoys people, but I think representation is so important. Um, and last night, just watching the, you know, the Emmys, just watching mm -hmm. Gina Davis got an award for representation of, of women in, in television. And, you know, why are we not seeing the right, why are we not seeing ourselves on television screens? And that really was one of the things that motivated me was as a child, I had female race car drivers posters on my wall. Not because I wanted to date them or because they were beautiful, because I knew that they were the closest that I was had more in common with them than I did these other guys because they were overcoming challenges. They were, you know, fun and sassy, which I'm definitely a little extra at the racetrack. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I just felt like I had more in common with them because there was nothing like me out there. And, and I feel like that's a big opportunity, you know, not to capitalize upon, but to to let an LGBTQ youth in any letter in this the spectrum to to know that there's someone a little bit closer to them in motorsports and I, and you know if we're 11% of the population or whatever the statistics mm -hmm. you know, as they flux there should be some sort of representation i'm sure then that that many americans care about motorsports and they may not like me as a person but at least they know that there's someone like them out there doing it <laughs> they don't have to cheer for you as the driver right like all right there's one of us cool travis i hate you but <laughs> 
so how does this impact your relationship with, for instance, with other racers? I can't imagine that it's always welcoming and always comfortable. So there are some drivers who, again, it's almost that 40-60 split who are like, team Travis, how can I help? What can I do? This is so great. And then from the crew, crew member's perspective, right? I've got a gay uncle or I have a trans mm -hmm. daughter. You know, there's, there's a lot of welcoming arms in there and people that recognize not only that this is great for the sport, but that I have potential to do very well in the sponsorship arena. There have been straight white drag racers who have said, dang you for being gay. If I was gay, Travis, you know, kudos, because you are going to find partnerships that value, that see the crossover value in, in an LGBT driver. And so mm -hmm. darn you for, I, I wish I was actually, so for $6 million, Travis, I would, that, like, just, it's funny that they, they see that this is important and that there's a good marketing opportunity there. And then there's the opposite. If you think you're so special, then I'm going to start a race team based on, you know, I have short legs because that, then that if that's special then i deserve special well i believe that there are race car drivers who already have short legs and that we've been watching them for 40 years mm -hmm. uh, they don't understand what representation means and and the last thing i think that is is maybe raised a few additional eyebrows or rolled some eyes is that you know coming out to my first big national event in kansas this summer i was sponsored by pride kansas and this rainbow everything was rainbow geometric patterned rainbow, 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 down to the parachutes. So we all knew I was openly gay and we knew this was my debut race, but then to pull into the racetrack with, I mean, just every ounce of everything in a rainbow pattern was maybe aggressive, but I came out the gate swinging, you know, saying mm -hmm. this, is, this is me, this is who I am. Uh, now my race in three days, there's not a rainbow in sight on the car. And it just what happened to be that particular sponsor, but it started the conversation. The bandaid has been ripped. You have now a choice to be, you're aware that I'm here and you've chosen a side, if anything. And, that, and that's sadly kind of what it feels like is happening. There's kind of this fracture. Um, are you in support of what happened? Do you think it's too much? And, and that's what I'm navigating. We're actively in that process right now for me of like, do I run my rainbow parachutes this weekend? Is mm -hmm. that going to make more people uncomfortable? Have I overstepped? Have I, have I, yeah, am I being too gay about the topic? Um, and I just, you know, it's an internal challenge to kind of go through. At one of your races, you were, at least one of your races, you were met with uh, a, a group of protesters who I'm not going to name because I don't want to give air to them. But uh, what was that like? They, they were actively there for you in protest of you. What does that feel like? To me, I feel like I finally, I really made it. Oh my <laughs> gosh. When you get protested by a said group that we don't mention their name. That means you've really arrived in the, if you're, you're a real, you're a real power gay. <laughs> so, uh, I tried to look at it that way. And, you know, it didn't affect me because I get to the racetrack, right? I, they sent out a press release and several tweets about their schedule and agenda. I am a half a mile into the middle of this racetrack three hours before they were set to be there. So I, I never saw them. Um, if anything, I think it brought other people, you know, tension or, or nerves about like, is Travis okay? Oh my mm -hmm. gosh, I'm so sorry. This happened to you. My we're good. This is funny. In fact, there were only three of them that showed up. So it's really more of a joke on them. <laughs> a sad turnout for a protest. Um, so the other piece is that, you know, I represent a, a full race team. I'm one driver, but this is a multi-car operation with several employees, people that are other sponsors that are associated with, with me. And so if anything, they got a, a bit of backlash and that was made me feel bad for them, right? Like, 
people are making fun of, of us because you got protested. And just, we like you, Travis, but just so you know, we're getting some flack in the Topeka community because of your car. Mm. And then often, and sadly, it is affecting their other businesses, right? My, my team owner owns a tow truck company that lost business because he let me drive that car. And that's, um, you know, disappointing to hear, but also, I guess, kind of expected. And so just that, that pass, passing along my burden to other people that are, that are trying to support me is, is a tougher thing to swallow than the people outside the fence with a few crazy signs. Mm -hmm. Well, and honestly, the the willingness to, you know, to take that kind of financial hit or reputational hit, however you want to describe it, really shows someone who is truly an ally of the LGBTQ plus community. This is not about putting a rainbow on your logo for June. This is, they really took a risk, took a business risk by sponsoring you. What does this mean for fans? So how do you connect with fans? Does this um, allow a new generation of fans, a new population of fans who maybe felt outside of drag racing and now feel like, oh, there's somebody I can relate to that's racing? Yeah, those are my favorite stories that make it worth it, right? That they, that when, you know, on Saturday morning in Topeka, a, two 60 year old men are kind of waiting outside of my pit. And I think they're waiting for my beautiful blonde teammate, Julie, because we, we part feet apart from each other. And then I finally, I'm like, do you guys need something? They're like, we just want to say hello. We're married. I'm like, what? They're like, and this, we've come to this race for 27 years straight. And we are so excited that, you know, on our 28th year, we have someone to support that, that is like us. And then also, you know, on the, the younger side that there was you know some teenagers who came out to the track um, and they were visually, I would say more um, exciting looking. I, I could, I would say, mm, I think they might be a member of the LGBTQ community, and they were had no idea what drag racing was, and just wanted to fangirl out and be around, be around the track and learn what this was because they knew that this was a big deal. And so I, I would say, even though it's a, a silly number, you know, maybe thirty or forty new people came to the racetrack in Topeka, Kansas, because of me being there. But those are sixty dollars tickets. And that's new, you know, people watching online. And that's great mm -hmm. for the sport that shaped my whole family's life. My goal for doing this is to benefit the sport. And so, you know, if 40 tickets come to each race and maybe that number grows, then I think my impact has is, is been worth it for the sport. Let's talk about sponsorship. 79% uh, of Americans identify as an LGBTQ plus ally. Take that with that number, however you want to take it for what an ally actually is. So this is, to me, that's a message that most people are comfortable with the LGBTQ plus community. And I think you're finding inclusion and more, more often than not, um, it sounds like that's, you know, if people aren't being outwardly supportive, they are at least not being outwardly hostile. Are you finding partners that are eager to sponsor you or is there still sort of a perception out there that being out in racing is not a great idea? Well, it's definitely a polarizing topic when you're a brand. And so from in the motorsports world. So when I said I've been trying this for two years, I've been putting together the, the pitch and the concept, right? That this is a very expensive. Every time I turn the race car on, it's $4,000. Just with it's two minutes that it's on, it's four grand. I've about a quarter million dollars into this dream and I've been to uh, two races. <laughs> so it's a, it takes a lot of funding. And so um, I've been working on this for quite some time and I've yet to land a true, you know, 
long-term marketing partnership. Visit Topeka was a, a one-race deal to, to uh, promote that event. I have a two-race deal coming up this next two weeks with Sheets gas stations or convenience stores, which is awesome. It's, that's a real big brand that's never been in, motor, in drag racing. They've been in NASCAR. And I think it's raising eyebrows. It's saying, okay, okay, there is some legitimate backing for Travis. If Sheets is in and they they spend a lot of money in other motorsports, you know, maybe there is something behind Travis. But I've been very shocked by the number of companies that it's not that I got to the wrong person. You get to the right person and they say, you know, it's just not the right fit for us in drag racing. But I'm like, but you're in drag racing. Mm -hmm. and really what they're saying is. Yes, we may gain some new LGBT fans, but there's a really good chance based on statistics, we're going to piss off 60% of our current use end users of our product. So when I say that NHRA fans are, have a higher propensity to own three vehicles, and most of two of those vehicles are going to have extra large tires, and you're pitching a tire company or a tire store that you know, an, an average race car fan or NHRA fan spends $8,000 on tires a year, let's get you into drag racing, they say, that is very true, but I don't know that they would do it if we were sponsoring you. And I, and I think that's, you know, they're like, this is a great pitch. We want to be in drag racing, but they're not going to come to our store because we are on your car. Hmm. Um, and so that's been the toughest thing to overcome is, and I guess the second part too, is that kind of rainbow pink washing in June. Mm -hmm. Like we are so into this, we are doing all this other stuff. And, and particularly those who spend money in motorsports on a straight drivers is kind of gets under my skin the most where you're like, we have a rainbow NASCAR and we have every year and we spent $4 million for that one race that we turned the car rainbow. I'm like, do you know what I could do with $4 million? <laughs> How about you just sponsor a gay athlete? Uh, so those are challenges, but I think more and more of these conversations are opening up, you know, chief marketing officers eyes mm -hmm. that there's, there's a there there in motorsports. This is a great untapped market where 30,000 fans, you know, a year annually can consider themselves an active drag racing fan. I always joke because I'm a Housewives fan. That is more people watch drag racing than all six Housewives franchises combined. And I, in my world is drag race, in my world is the Housewives. And I just think that's so funny when I talk to my friends, they're like, I've never heard of that. I'm like, drag racing people have never heard of the Housewives. It's a <laughs> section of the world that we just don't know about. <laughs> That's a huge number that I hadn't I hadn't thought of it in that way. That is a huge number of people watching. Now, you're second generation. So, and I love that your mom was a mechanic and your dad was a driver. So you grew up around the sport. You grew up around the fans, around the racers. How have things changed or have they not? You know, I think. Drag racing fans or drivers, um, the drag racing community maybe hasn't had the opportunity to show that they have evolved in these ways, you know, and I think that my being in this space, and, and maybe I'm answering this question specific to how they evolved in as far as LGBTQ relations, but they just haven't had a chance to say, hey, I have a trans daughter. Hey, mm -hmm. I have, you know, there hasn't been a, a reason for there to be a conversation. And, and this happened a lot in, in NASCAR with Bubba Wallace. Um, you know, they say that everyone is good now, but there was a two year process where there was kind of a where where do we all feel about this? And now people are having and I, I hear about it internal conversations at dinner. Right. On a Tuesday night after a race, 10 people are at dinner and they're talking about me and they're having an open dialogue about, you know, it may be someone's leaving that dinner upset with each other. But we're all it's starting a conversation and allowing people to show that, like, hey, we're more evolved than this um, and we're kind of on the right side of history. But as far as. The sport is more sophisticated than I think people give it credit for. It's it's 
you know, a lot of uh, the race teams, I say they're just a candy apple red race car. And I always think, oh, if they need help with sponsors, I could teach them how this works. No, they, they just have a lot of money. They just, they just <laughs> used to do this as their hobby. I'm like, wow, okay. I just thought you were, couldn't find sponsors. Like, no, we just choose to have black race cars. I'm like, Good for you. And sure. I think <laughs> a lot of race car drivers and race teams fly around on private jets. And I think that, you know, that, that, there's a kind of a preconceived notion, again, even by saying it's a 60-40 split in conservative to, to liberal fans, most people say, I thought that would be totally 80-20. I wouldn't, mm -hmm. just, they don't have a, a chance to, to have that, you know, their voice is elevated. And I think we're also oftentimes compared with NASCAR and we have different, different demographics. Mm -hmm. Drag racing fans do not go to NASCAR races. NASCAR fans do not go to drag races. So when I talk to a NASCAR sponsor, I'm like, here's all the data. And if you ask me, I'm like, I've been to one NASCAR race and it's because I had to go for a thing for my dad. I'm like, mm -mm, I don't watch people drive in circles. And the people who go to NASCAR say, we don't watch cars drive straight. That's stupid. Uh, so it's just, it's just interesting how people get lumped into different categories, socioeconomics and often geography. People consider all drag racing fans live in the South, which could not be more you know, untrue. We, we race in 21 cities that hit 33 major DMAs across the country. And a lot of those are in very liberal parts of the country. So it's just, you know, re-educating people on this old-timey Dukes of Hazard image that people have of motorsports. And it's definitely one of those images that has just lingered. And you, for me personally, it has lingered. When I lived in Indianapolis, we would go to the brickyard and it was either for the 500 or for the 400 and never for drag racing. So yep. this, this is completely new for me. I appreciate you opening my eyes to this. Now, what if people wanted to find out more about potential sponsorship? Obviously we would love for somebody to say, we'll sponsor your entire season. Well, we'll take care of everything, but that may not be the way that it goes. So what are some of the sponsorship opportunities people may have with you? Yeah, well, I think drag racing is kind of a, it can be anything you want it to be. And some, a lot of that can be on the B2B side. So we have um, in, in our race car team setup, right? There's these several semi trucks, but one of them is a hospitality tent. And a lot of the major sponsors in the sport love that piece of it. Cause we can fit 300 people in my perfectly branded, I call it the circus tent, which is really a, a semi with the circus tent built around it where they're entertaining and networking and having kind of this aha moment. Like, I didn't know that this sport existed. Mm -hmm. You know, when you smell nitromethane and your body shakes when I turn the car on, I mean, it's the most visceral motorsport. You, know, you vibrate off the ground, even if you're a thousand feet away when I slam on the gas. It's so intense and it's a really big attraction. So people will bring their employees out, their vendors out, um, or potential partners to kind of see this, see this magical weekend once a year. And that covers my cost, right? You pay for the tent for the weekend, but secretly it also is going to pay for my nitromethane, my race team, my crew. And so that's one of the, the other kind of the bigger things that people do to activate it is utilizing hospitality and at track programming. And then the other is the car. I drive a 24 foot billboard. Um, this week in Reading, Pennsylvania, I'm featuring Mission Kids. I went to their, their gala and it's a, a nonprofit focused on youth. And I just called, asked them for a graphic because I have 24 feet of space. The Sheets logo can only be so big. And I mean, we could put it again, I guess. And again, it's just <laughs> a giant car that you can put so many different messages on. And it's a big sticker. It's a $1,200. I don't want to outprice my, my provider. It's just a big sticker. You peel it off. We put a new one on for the race next race. So in 21 towns, I can have a whole nother look and feel. This shirt costs $22 to make. It's just fascinating that you can take the whole operation and rebrand it. So 
even if there's one race in Norwalk, Ohio, that aligns with your company's value and mission, you can have that one race and we can make everything feel totally magical. Um, you know, you don't have to sign up for a $3 million multi-year deal. Um, and I think the other, the other piece is the, the conversation, right? I love speaking with um, BRGs and ERGs, just educating them on the topic, almost kind of a repeat of this conversation that we're having, because there's so much to, knowledge to be had and awareness. Um, and I, I love speaking with, with companies. And I think that often is, you know, hey, just come talk to our, our, our group over during Pride Month and we'll pay for the race car. We don't need to be on it even here. Just I'm like, great. So I, I find many unique ways to, to kind of leverage um, whether it's the race car or hospitality or just like kind of my likeness mm-hmm. um, to, to benefit making sure that I can afford nitromethane. Because if I'm not racing, it's just a concept. And that's what's really happened. I would say I'm the 50th, 52nd openly gay person in motorsports. I am bound and determined to be the one that makes it all the way, right? In NASCAR, there have been four, but they've never been in the actual NASCAR cup circuit. They're in kind of the, the B level or the, the minor leagues, which I'm currently in the minor leagues of drag racing. I don't want that to be how my story ends. And not to say that it didn't work for them, but we have got to get someone into the big leagues and make it happen. So I'm not, I just don't want to be another another dream or a flash in the pan. You know, I, I'm going to see this through to the end. And so that's what I need the support for. Well, how can people find you? How can they get in touch with you? How can they find more yeah, about well, your My journey? funny last name, it's it's kind of easy. Travis Shoemake, there's only one of me. There's actually a 17-year-old in Kentucky who has it too, but don't send him money. Confused on Venmo. No, but you know, on TravisShoemake.com, there's information there. But also, my email is just Travis at Travis Shoemake. Um, it's it's pretty easy to find me on Instagram and and Twitter, and um, would just love the opportunity to connect with com- like-minded companies that see the value and and kind of changing the face of motorsports and LGBT representation in sports. Well, Travis, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're getting ready for this big race. Uh, I hope you win. (laughs) I hope you're safe. The mom and me want you to be really safe. I know those cars go so fast. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Uh, For more about Envision Rise, you can find us at EnvisionRise.com. Thanks, Stacey. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember, diversity and inclusion should not be treated as a one-off initiative. And so with your help, we can get this message to more people. Subscribe, rate, and review the show and be a part of making a difference because it starts with you.